Hallelujah. Did you bring your Bibles? Are you ready today? Come on, let's make our declaration. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my heart. Father, I thank you today that you will work in our lives by your word and by your spirit, both to conform us and transform us into the image of your son, that we might live to bring praise and glory to your name. In Jesus' name, and everybody say, Amen. Well, this morning we're continuing on. And just before I do that, let me give you an update. If you missed last Sunday, we made the announcement to our church. And uh, with Sean and Dana being here and everything, we're super excited for what the Lord has done and uh, has opened a, an amazing door for them. And uh, so last week we announced to the third that they have made the decision to accept uh, the way it all. If you missed, let me just go back and, and recap this just quickly. Is that on March 28th, we got a call from our superintendent if we would come alongside a church and help them that didn't have a pastor. So we said yes. And they said, would you be a mentoring church? We said yes. So we went through that process of meeting with them and talking about that. And then they said, well, we're not sure if we're ready for that. We still want to look for a pastor. So then I sat down with Sean and I said well are you and Dana interested in maybe being their interim pastor for a season and seeing where the Lord will lead with that and they said yeah we'd be interested in that and so uh, they went and they preached for them for five weeks and during that five week as things progressed they felt like well this is the Lord and so it's an awesome thing we have wanted to plant a church for a long time part of our vision the only problem with planting a church costs a lot of money you got to give up a lot of people so it takes people and money to plant a church and it takes resources. You have to have a place. You have to have all the stuff that goes into that to have a place to meet to do that. And so this turned out to be a great way. There's a church. They have five acres. Sean was all bragging about they have grass and we don't have grass. <laughs> Whatever. So uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> that's right. We don't mow. That's right. Amen. So uh, we pull a couple weeds, and that's about it for the whole year. Amen. So anyway, but they have a great facility on five acres and a core of people and everything to be able to go there and be pastors and stuff. And then he realized that I don't have to wait for dad to get out of the way. Amen. Because I don't plan on being out of the way for a while. That I could have used a little more encouragement <laughs> right there. It would have been a great place to make your pastor feel better. No, I just didn't. Anyway, but we're excited about what the Lord's doing, so we shared that. And in that, they need to be bivocational, so they get to continue working here. So we're in a transition process with them. And it was kind of funny. We met on Thursday, and we were talking about some stuff. So I just said, I looked at him and said, so what are you doing at your church for Father's Day? I said, is that set in your church that you are the pastor of a church? You're no longer associate pastor. You're the pastor of a church. I said, so what are you doing at your church for Father's Day? He goes, well, we're not having a food truck. <laughs> they have grass. We have a food truck. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we're so excited for them. And so over the next several months, we'll be working through transition and process with them, but excited to see the door that God has opened up for them. Amen. And so, as I said, on, on that, we actually have kind of become a, a two-campus church. So it's a partnership that we're in. Super excited for that. God is so good. Could you say amen? All right. If you have your Bibles, open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
And we began this message a couple weeks ago, and then last week we just ministered and taught on the call of God as Sean and Dana were here in this area. And this morning, I'm just going to pick it up. We may not get very far again this week, but we will uh, touch a couple parts of this. And I really am... um, uh, I, I want to be in offensive mode. I think as Christians too much, we play defense instead of offense. Instead of being in the offensive and taking ground. The kingdom of God, Jesus said in Matthew, that the kingdom of God would suffer violence and the violent would take it by force. And so it means that we're, we're supposed to be forcefully advancing the kingdom. We're supposed to be taking back. Years ago, we sang the old camp. I went into the enemy's camp, took back what he stole from me. Amen. So we're supposed to be possessing, amen, and taking ground. But in doing that, we have to understand Romans 12 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Being conformed to this world doesn't mean just accepting styles and things like that. It means don't be shaped by the mindset of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the mind, the thought of this world and the way they think. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But in order to do that, that means that you understanding that you and I are constantly under an onslaught of how we think. You are constantly being conditioned to think a certain way by this world. And I said it towards the end of the message in first service, but I'll say it here. We are being conditioned in where our attention span goes. Twitter and social media is shrinking down. Our people are thinking in sound bites, and they have sound bite attention spans. And so what, this is what's being happened. On the things that are valuable and important to you, we want to get it in little blurps. Where your attention span is being increased is in entertainment. The world is increasing our attention span for entertainment, and it's getting us to decrease our attention span to things that are important and life-changing and valuable to us. Which is why people can sit through a three-hour movie and never think about going pee, but halfway through a 30, 45-minute message, they're nervous and restless and everything else because you're being conditioned by the world. Are you listening to me? So important. And so I'm going on an attack in this area that I need to elevate my faith in the area. I need to become aggressive and more offensive mode in the area of my faith. We need to take the limits off of our faith. Too many Christians have faith, but they have limits and restrictions upon it. So how do we take the limits off of our faith? First of all, by just going back to the word. Amen. And then understanding, secondly, you and I live in a conflict and in a battle. Look at the cover of your outline. Many do not understand that we are caught in a war between two worlds, between light and darkness, heaven and hell. Jesus declared, my kingdom is not of this world. He said to Pilate, if it was, my disciples would fight. Now, you and I, and and I'm not going to deviate a long way, there's truth and there's principles to some of the kingdom age and kingdom now teaching that is out there. But the body of Christ is not going to redeem this world. We haven't been given authority to redeem this world. We've been given authority to redeem people out of this world. 
And so when we get caught up in all that, we're not winning souls. We're going around. And I tell, I have some pastor friends and stuff. And I said, man, you guys are really failing at your job because the world is going to hell in a handbasket right now. And you said you have all authority in that. Well, you know, if we were, whatever, you're missing the point. Our authority is over all the power of the enemy. Our, our commission is to go into all the world and make disciples and to bring people into relationship with their father. At the end of this age, the Lord will redeem the earth. Are you doing all right? And so, but there's a battle in that and that conflict in that. So Jesus declared his kingdom was not of this world, but Satan is declared by Paul to be the God of this age and or of this world and that he blinds the minds of people from being able to hear the truth and be brought into a relationship with their heavenly father. And that's our goal. How do we get the truth of the gospel that man has been reconciled to God? That's our mission, amen? Our only goal is to bring people into a reconciled relationship with their Heavenly Father. Jesus did not come to redeem the world or the earth. He came to redeem humanity out of this world into his kingdom. Pastor Tim, come help me again. So I illustrated this two weeks ago, and Michael helped me last time and did a great job. But Pastor Tim, no, you have to start in the world. You can't just come through the back door. Come on. <laughs> so he's in the world. Now, what Jesus said this in John chapter 10, says, I am the door. Okay, and, and so the way into the king, you have to come through the door. And so this is Pastor Tim before he got saved. This little area over here is the world. This side, you guys like worldly side over here. This is the sanctified. No, anyway. But, but th- so he's in the world, but then he hears the gospel and he gets saved. Colossians 1, I reference there. We won't have time to, to, to read it. 1 verse 13, that God, when you accept Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that God translates you. He takes you out of. You've been taken out from under the kingdom of darkness. And you're brought into the kingdom of the son of his love. And here in this kingdom, you live in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you're there. If any man, what? Be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things is in reference to everything about your life, who you are. So in this old world, this old world, the God of this world controls the minds and the thoughts of the people in this world. But when you come out, the Bible calls us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So I have to renew my mind to live in a new kingdom under new authority, under new government, under new provision. So, so I'm living here, and now that I am in Christ, in Christ, old has passed away, all has become new. But what happens is because we are still, the Bible says, Jesus says that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. But because we're in the world and we are natural by nature, we can go back to responding to, and we voluntarily give ourselves back under the authority of the enemy. And we begin to speak and to talk naturally. We deal with everything on a natural level. Say, wait a minute. What am I doing under this old oppression? And and, and so the God of this world is an oppressor. Jesus, the Bible says in, in Acts 10, says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed by the devil. And so when I feel my life being oppressed and under bondage, what am I doing here? I am not a citizen of oppression any longer. I'm a citizen of a new kingdom and I have a Lord. And in him, if any man be in Christ, then he is free. Those who the Son has set free are free indeed. 
And so everything I need is now in him. I live in him, by him, through him. And everything I need is contained in Christ. And if I am in Christ, then I live in a place where I have no need. Hallelujah. I'll have you back in a minute. Amen. So having that, I, I need that big guy. I, I need you. Come here, big guy. I need the biggest guy in the house. Amen. And then uh, Ariana, come on up here. I need a, 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 a somebody smaller. I, I want I want you right up here, big guy. Come here, right here. Watch this. This is Jesus. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is amazing. Amen. Look at that. Ariana gets saved. And now, stay, stay right there, stay right there. She is in Christ. Amen. So now I no longer see her, I see Christ. Welcome to your new identity. And when the, de- when the devil knows you're in, that's who he sees. But he has to get you to think, well, I'm not really saved. I have all these problems. And he gets you to go, come on. And he goes, okay, now I can attack you. Now I can work. Look at The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Put on the whole armor of God. You know what the whole armor of God really is? It's putting on Christ. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you put him on, he is your forward man. He is your front man. He is all of your defense. And in him, and he fights your battles for you. He goes before you. He prepares. Are you listening to me? So the devil says, no, wait a minute. You still have all these problems. You have all these. Keep thinking this way. Keep thinking this way. Keep thinking this way. And then he gets over here, and then he can attack. And so what you do, you have to say, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm a new creature in Christ. And the Lord does just that. The Lord goes, just like that. Get back over here. Stay covered. Stay in Christ. How do I stay there? By the words of your mouth. Through your confession, declaring who you are. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you, sweetheart. You're so beautiful. Amen. Now watch this. So think about it. Jesus did not come to redeem the world or the earth. He came to redeem humanity. Everything he does in our lives, through our lives, and for us in life is connected to his eternal plan of redemption. He works to reveal his glory through us. Faith and trust are the keys to entering into the blessing of the possessions we have in Christ. Christ holds these in trust for us. We claim them not from him, but in him. Do you understand that? I'm going to illustrate that in just a minute. We cannot have anything from God apart from having Christ himself. God provides us nothing except as we find it in the Lord Jesus Christ. All of his power, authority, and spiritual and natural blessing are in Christ. Everything is in him. And so you have to be renewing your mind to living your life in him. Many people, yeah, I I agree I got saved, but you don't understand what's going on in my life. And so we choose to come back over here and walk in agreement with what we've been given authority over. Jesus said, I give you power and authority over all the power of the enemy to tread upon serpents and scorpions, which means all demonic powers and influence, to walk above, to rise above. 
And not only that, he said, not only do I give that in your life, you need to walk in the reality that you have that authority and live in that, but then I give you the authority to go and walk in delivering power towards those who are bound, to go and to set captives free and to bring them out. Are you doing all right? That's why I said, these signs follow them that believe. You lay your hands on the sick and you walk into the world. You lay your hands on the sick and then you say, hey, be healed. The kingdom, the kingdom has come to you. Would you like to go to the kingdom? Absolutely. Are you doing all right? So watch this. Watch this. One of the greatest points of renewal that we face is becoming God inside minded. It's natural for us to think about God in heaven, to think about Jesus being seated at the right hand of God. Because of this, we reach out to God instead of reaching in to draw upon his life that is in us. Most of us live with a God outside mind. But God is not outside of you. He now lives in you. The, the, Paul wrote like this, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And God lives and dwells in you. So God, I'll share it, first, I'll share it again because it's so good. Because uh, when I first heard Jesse DePlanis preach way back in the early 90s, he, he was telling a story about being preaching a, a revival meeting in Texas and driving home to Louisiana. And back in the day, you had cassette tapes. We're doing that. So he said, I was listening to cassettes in my tape, and I'm just worshiping God. I'm driving my man down the road, just having a good time, enjoying myself. And the next thing you know, I get pulled over. And the officer comes up to my window and he goes, sir, um, you're kind of all over the road. Have you been drinking tonight? He said, no, officer, no, 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 no. He said, I'm just worshiping God. God is in my van. <laughs> and I was good. He, he, he's in there, huh? He goes, yeah, he's in my van. And he goes, well, sir, uh, if you just do me a favor, could you just slow down so you don't kill God? Amen. That's so good. I don't know if it's a true story, but it's a good joke anyway. Amen. So anyway, he shared that story. But see what happens. Uh, God's not in your van. God is in you. Yes. And what we do, some, we're, we're so, we're, we're, we just, you have to be transformed by renewing your mind. When you get born again, God enters into your life. The fullness of God now lives on the inside of you. And God wants us to live from the inside out, not from the outside in. The devil says, no, you're controlled by everything outside of you. No, I got delivered from this outside stuff, and I am now an inside man. I am in Christ. Are you with me? This is where I live. I'm living in him. And so most live with an outside mind. So we're always trying to get something from God instead of re realizing that we are now in union and we are one with him. Amen? Look inside your outline if you would. Are you with me this morning? So watch this. And let me just interject this. I'm always amazed when I talk to Christians, and, and, and especially across denominational circles in life, I'm amazed at the dogma of doctrine that has been developed. Dogma doctrine is religious doctrine, okay? And so it's not truth. It's just things that we believe because we've been taught it our whole life, okay? But when you read the Bible, sometimes what you've been taught your whole life has a, has a, has a head-on collision with the truth of God's Word. Amen. And so in that area, what am I going to do when what I believe comes in, into a head-on collision with truth? 
Amen. But what I, I'm amazed when people have doctrine to fail or excuses to not give and have to live under oppression. When the Bible says, and Jesus said, that's not where we're supposed to live. We've been taken out from under this dominion, this king, and we now live in the kingdom of his love. We're citizens of God. And now we're joint heirs with Christ in him. We live and we move and we have our being. Greater, the greater one lives on the inside of us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So if I have the greater one, why would I voluntarily submit myself under the lesser one? We're doing all right? So watch this. Jesus walked this earth as a man and then ascended into heaven after his resurrection. The challenge is now for us to renew our minds to the truth that Jesus came to make a way for God once again to dwell with us. He revealed this truth to us in the abiding principle of the vine. In John 15, you can read, I'm the vine uh, and you are the branches and you are in me and, and, and you can't bear fruit unless you abide in me. But if you abide in me, then all that I am flows into you. All that I am flows into you and causes you to bear much fruit. Amen. That's my paraphrase just for time's sake this morning. When this truth, get this this morning, I'm going to say something and your religion could fuzz up right here. Good, because I love kicking religion in the hindy. Amen. When this truth becomes a reality in our heart and we begin to live by it, there will be no limit to our faith or the provision of God in our lives. You can live in a place and a walk with God where there is no limit to your faith or your provision in God. Well, Pastor, how can you say that? I'm glad you asked. When we truly begin to believe that truth, we can ask anything in his name and he will do it so that the Father will be glorified in the Son. When I believe this, then I begin to believe what Jesus says, not what man is taught, not what religion is taught. Not the dogma of excuses and failure and not for this time, not for this age, not for this distance, whatever they want to say, not for now. Any of the not for now, no longer stuff. Are you with me? Go with me if you would to Mark chapter 11. How many would just, you, you, you really don't care if you believe me or not, but you would believe Jesus. Amen. All right. Just go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, while you're turning there, Jesus is going into Jerusalem on his way in the morning. He's hungry, sees a fig tree, goes to the fig tree, expecting to find fruit, finding none, speaks to the fig tree, curses his dad at roots. The next day they come back and they say, hey, check it out. The tree, get this, everybody look up here real quick. Jesus says, the, tree, the, the disciples said, the tree you talked to, the tree that you spoke to, that you talked to, did what you said. Jesus said, cursed be you from your roots. Let no man eat fruit of you again. And the next day they come and it says the tree is dried up from its roots. From the roots up, it is dried up. And the disciples said, what's up with that? And Jesus said in verse 22, Matthew 11, verse 22. Have faith in God. 
Verse 23. Most assuredly, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever. Now, let me just clarify this. How many could actually just agree with me? If, if you understand, you could be classified as a whoever. Just raise your hand real high. Okay, I have three hands that didn't go up. Okay, okay. So whoever, okay, not apostles, not prophets, not priests, not king, not, not special people. Whoever, whoever says, somebody say says. says. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be cast in the sea, and does not, what? Doubt, Doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will come to pass he will have whatever he said talked about believing once saying three times we believe we just don't say we say i'm sick i'm afraid i'm so depressed i'm so discouraged nobody likes me i just can't get a break could we just please pray that your mouth would get saved Instead of saying, I have, I can do all things because I am in Christ and Christ is in me. Now, I don't mean to be silly right here, but this would help you a whole lot. I would encourage you to go home and rent the Star Wars movie, the Rogue, the Rogue thing, where it begins. Because there's a guy in there and he just walks around saying... I'm in the force and the forces is me. I'm with the force and the force is with me. I'm the force and the force. And he just whoops everybody. And he's blind. Because he is in the force and the force is in him. I'm in the force and the force is in me. I'm in the force and the force. And so he just continues. And he said, well, there's no more Jedis anymore. He says, I'm a Jedi because I'm in the force and the force is in me. People say, there's no more believers anymore. Faith isn't for today. I'm sorry. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. I am in Christ and Christ is in me. And I overcome by the word of God, by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. Revelation said, these are they that overcome. By the blood of the Lamb, you just partook of the blood of the Lamb this morning. And remember, and by the word of their testimony. Are you doing all right? Mark chapter, Jesus said, now why? So after he says all of that, look at verse 24. Therefore, I say to you. How many know you can believe what Jesus says to you? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. How many of you know that is an affirmative statement? That's not a might have them, could have them, maybe have them. But this is what happened. We, we get over here, we get bound up, and, and God working things in our lives, and we're kind of wrestling with that, and, and then things aren't working out. So then we come back over here and start to agree with the problem instead of speaking the answer. Instead of staying in agreement with the word, we volunteer to come back over and submit ourselves to bondage again. I just don't know why my prayers aren't getting answered. I just don't know why God didn't move my mind behalf. I don't know why nothing turned out right for me. I just don't understand. I'm getting so discouraged. Just doing all right? Go with me to Matthew chapter 17. I'll give you two more words by Jesus. Is that all right? Matthew 17, Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John, they see him transfigured. They see his glory. And then they come back down the mountain. And here are the disciples. And a man has brought his demon-possessed son. to. Listen, I hope you can hear this this morning. 
How come the church hasn't been growing? And how come we are in a post-modern Christianity age? It's because we have been allowed to be lulled into a life of doubt and unbelief. And so because of that, people are coming to the church where they're supposed to be able to get an answer and they're not getting any. And so people are going back to the world and buying into the lies of this world and trusting everything instead of being able to come in contact with the living God. And so the, the man comes in, he says, I brought my son to your disciple that they might deliver him. They couldn't do anything. And Jesus says, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? Bring him to me. And the father brings the son over there. Jesus delivers him of the demonic possession. And then later, chapter 17, verse 19, the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast him out? Speaking of the devil. And Jesus said to them very gingerly and very pastorally, he just said, because of your unbelief. The problem is, is we don't attack our unbelief the way we should. We console it. We find excuses to keep it. Instead of, Jesus said, because of your unbelief. The moment I pray and I ask God for something, and the next moment that I say my prayers aren't working, that is a confession of unbelief. Are you listening to me? Instead of just standing on the word. Well, I don't see anything changing. Good. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. It's not a matter about what you see. It matters what God said. Are you listening to me? And so if you're going to take your faith to another level, you're going to have to get to the whole play where you say, you know what? Under the world, I had to think like the world, act like the world. I was on the mindset of the world. But now I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, and my mind is being renewed. My spirit is born again, but I need my mind to be transformed. So I need to stand on the word. I need to receive the engrafted word, James 1, that is able to save my soul. My mind, my will, and my emotions are in my soul. So my mind and my will and my emotions are all caught up and messed up, but my spirit is fine. So if I let God speak to my spirit, then out of my spirit, God will bring understanding to my mind. And I choose to agree with the mind of Christ. Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He said, you have the mind of Christ. So I get to choose what mind do I want to work in. And sometimes you need to be a person, a choose. You have to be, you can only be single-minded. The Bible says, watch this, watch this. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let me give you a good illustration. I I, I can't be Christ-minded on Sunday morning and shout amen to a good message and walk out and be worldly-minded on Monday. Because I'm a person of two minds. Let not that man think he will receive anything from the Lord. Are you doing all right? So after what mind am I going to be in? I'm going to live in the mind of Christ. And so watch this. So Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Here he says again. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move now watch this and nothing will be impossible to you now i'm going to submit to you read your bible through read all your bible you can read it all the time read a lot of the word but somewhere stop and just let something get in you one scripture in you will change you for the rest of your life one scripture that you got that you're convinced of, this is now a, this is no longer a negotiating point. I, I, if I'm, I'm going to speak and declare. I, I'm way off on this time frame this morning. Go with me to Proverbs chapter 10. I'm just going to go back and help us with our mouth. I'm going to give an altar call, get mouths saved this morning. 
If I get your mouth saved, I can get your body healed. Because the word has declared you are the healed of the Lord. Here's what God said. I'm the Lord thy God that healeth thee. I just wish I knew if the Lord, I don't know if it's the Lord's will to heal me. Wait, 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 are you, okay, stop. I am the Lord your God that heals you. Psalms 103. That God forgives all of our iniquities and heals all of our diseases. All. Somebody say all. All. God heals all of our diseases. I I, I agree with that. Psalms 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. I just don't feel it in my body. We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. We walk by the word. Are you listening to me? So if I choose to speak the word only. The centurion came and said to Jesus... If you just say the word, my servant will be healed. Because I understand authority. If we come back in a place that we understand God's word, if you ever elevate this word to be the authority over your life, the word will produce. But what happens is I read the word and then I hear a doctor give me another word and I give his word the authority over God's word. And I agree with his diagnosis instead of God's declaration. Never agree with the diagnosis when God's already given you a declaration. Are you doing all right? Proverbs chapter 10. Verse 20. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die. Fools die for a lack of wisdom. Amen. Watch this. Um, Chapter... Uh, 12 verse 14 a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth amen let me find another chapter 13 where to go Chapter 14, verse 3. In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Okay? So in this area, I didn't read any of these in first service, but in this area, what you say is so important. What you say is so important. Speaking in agreement with God's word. Let me illustrate this last part. Everything we have, we receive from God in Christ. So when we're praying, we go through all of our prayer requests and all of our needs. Instead of seeing ourselves fully supplied in Christ, we pray and say, Father, I believe I receive. I believe I receive. I believe I receive. Look down at the second half of, your, of the page on your, inside of your outline there. In the third paragraph, second paragraph from the bottom, we do not receive anything 
it is in, uh, and stored in ourselves. We possess the ability in him. Those are the abiding principles. All we have need of comes from abiding in him, flows from him and through us, producing the fruit or harvest of his word. All we do is connect and stay connected through faith and trust. The abiding principle is this. I'm connected to Jesus. This is what we do. We carry faith like a bucket. And so we're praying and we're trying to get all these things on how to get answers from God. So I get a little bucket and I'm doing pretty good. I got a bunch of answers in here. This is awesome. I'm really growing in the Lord. An empty communion cup just for later maybe. Cool, I got my, my Christian bucket of goodies. But that's still not enough to meet every need of my life. But then I get my Christian friend Tim to come. And he's walking with me. And I get next to him. And in my religious pride of all of my goodies in my bucket, I look at Tim You must be a new believer. <laughs> How long you been saved? You got nothing in there. How come there's nothing in there? No one's taught me how to believe, to trust, to receive. No, you're supposed to carry on from first service. <laughs> no. I set him up. I didn't give him any coaching there. But no, what he says... As I found out, I don't need to fill buckets. I'm already fully complete in Christ. If I have Christ, I don't need just to get things from him. I have all things in him. Are you with me? But so we keep trying to fill up our little religious buckets. We keep trying to get our answers instead of seeing that we are already complete in him. So when you run into somebody, it looks like, well, how come? So watch in here. You, 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 know what I you know what I carry in here? These are my answers to all my worries and my fears. These are things that I'm praying about because I'm fearful about. I, I don't have rest in these things. I don't have peace that, that it's already taken care of. Because the, we began this message on three words that are, it is finished. It means that your redemption is complete. If my redemption is complete, I no longer have a need. All of my needs are met, which is why Paul said, my God shall supply all of your need according to what you can catch in your bucket. <laughs> see, 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 listen, you will always be limited in capacity to contain compared to what you have in him. You can never contain it all, and you don't have to try to contain it all and possess it all because you already have it all in Christ. It's laid up in trust and in store for you in heaven. And so what God does, instead of having to pray and get it, you understand the moment I ask, I receive. Our Father, who art what? heaven hallowed be your name glorious holy is your name your what kingdom come your will be done on on earth 
as it, Jesus said, pray like this, on earth as it is in heaven. So when you begin to pray that, you're saying, Father, I acknowledge in you and I'm tapping in to the supply that is now mine because you are my Father and you are my provider and what is in your house belongs to me. I am a... Oh, my goodness. Come on. Come on. Are you with me? So then he says, give us this day... Where's that coming from? From heaven. So everything you need is already laid up in trust for you in heaven. And if you ever see yourself in Christ and keep yourself as I was here in Christ, all I need to do is keep my eyes on Christ. The devil wants you to move out. You keep your identity in him and you keep declaring, I am in Christ. Therefore, I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. I'm a member of Christ. I've been baptized into his body. Are you doing all right? Thank you, Jim. You don't need the bucket. That's right. You don't need the bucket. Amen. Okay. Religion's hard to lose. Amen. But, uh, the God who cannot be contained, but contains everything in himself, chose to confine himself to your heart, to live in you and through you, by placing all that he is in you. So how do you pray then? How do you keep things right? Paul says, listen to what Jesus says, watch. If I learn to talk, and if I read, Proverbs also says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So what am I going to do? I'm going to speak in agreement with the word. I'm going to speak in agreement with the word. I'm going to say I am who God says I am. Yeah, but I have symptoms in my body. That's okay. He's the God who calls those things that are not yet as though they are. So I choose to agree with what is. That's why God changed Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham. And made himself call himself by changing his name. Every time Abram said, I am now Abraham. Abraham means father of nations. God made him say, my name is father of nations for almost 15 years before he had his child. He confessed he was a father before he was. God made him confess he was a father. Now let me help you. When God created man, he made him the authority in the earth. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 19 says this, that God was in the world in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Anytime God is going to do anything in the earth, he has to do it in and through a man. Religion has said God is sovereign. He can do anything he wants. He can move sovereign. No, he can't. He can, but he can't violate the authority that he established in the earth, which is why God is constantly trying to get you to come into agreement with because you are the door of authority into the earth for God to move. And if he can ever get you to speak his word, say, how do I release the authority of God? Speak the word. Begin to declare the word. God said, this one, I'll give you exactly what to say. And if you'll say it, your voice and your mouth opens a door for me to move into the earth. Amen. 
Are you with God? God took Ezekiel out over a valley of dry bones. Son of man, can these bones live? He says, You know, and he said, Prophesy, speak, declare everything that came to pass. Jesus came into this earth. How did he get into the earth? He came into the earth through a prophetic word. And once that word was spoken into the earth, God was able to move and to perform it. There are times in your prayer life. That's why praying in the Holy Ghost. Next week is Pentecost Sunday. Praying in the Holy Ghost is so important because when I'm praying, I'm letting the Holy Ghost have a voice in the earth. Why does the devil fight against tongues and praying in tongues? Because your mouth is the door of authority in the earth. And when you pray and you speak the word and you pray and you speak the word, God is given right. He can move now because access has been given to him. But if I'm praying, and, and then after I pray, I said, I don't know why it's not working. I go from speaking the word to agreeing with defeat. Are you doing okay? They say, Pastor, why are you so intense? Because Christians shouldn't be getting beat up. Christians shouldn't be bound by fear. Christians should not be oppressed, depressed, discouraged, in bondage. Are you doing all right? Think about this. People say, well, you know what? Church is just too long. I, I, I said this in first service. You can, you, the doctor said, I'll give you an appointment at 10.15. You show up at 10.10 at to be early. And then they don't see you until 10.55. So you have to sit there for 35 minutes to wait for an appointment. And you'll sit there the whole time in anticipation of getting an answer or help. Now, let me just get up in your grill, in your kitchen, in your wheelhouse for a minute. But yet, sitting and hearing a word for 35 or 40 minutes in church without getting anxious or paying attention. Because when I come to church, we've lost our expectancy to receive. So I'm not coming to receive a deposit, to receive an impartation. I'm coming just to hear something, and then I go back out because I'm more in agreement with the world. And I live more naturally than I do spiritually. This is a spiritual book that can only be spiritually understood, that was written by a spiritual being, two spiritual beings. And you and I are called to walk in the Spirit, to pray in the Spirit. To live by the Spirit, to do everything by the Spirit, no longer naturally. Are you doing all right? Bill, come back to the keyboard real quick. If we can ever get our mouth saved, we can see our body healed. book of Hebrews says, let us hold fast to the profession, confession of our faith. Hold fast. When I pray, Paul says, don't be anxious, have worry. The word anxious means anxiety. Don't have anxiety or worry about everything. In everything, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So how do I pray? Father, I thank you 
that you're going to meet this need in my body. Father, I thank you that your word says you are the Lord that heals me. Father, I thank you I receive my healing right now. I thank you that you are right now working in my life. You're rearranging things in my favor. Your word says that you turn all things around and cause all things to work together for my good. You said no weapon formed against me will prosper. You have declared that you would send your word to heal me. So, Father, I'm standing today upon your word. And I'm thanking you right now in advance. I believe that I receive. So from this moment on, I'm not going to petition you again about this. I'm just going to thank you that my answer is on the way. Every time this thought comes up, every time it rises up, I'm just going to thank you, Father. I've already made my petition. I've already made my request. So from this moment on, I'm just going to thank you. I am the healed of the Lord. I believe I receive and I will not be moved off of what I believe. In Jesus name I am the healed of the Lord. And people say well how are you feeling? It doesn't matter how I feel. I am the healed of the Lord. It doesn't matter. Well, do, do you have a job? Yes, I am employed. Where do you work? I don't know yet but I am employed. Because my God supplies all of my need. Are you listening to me? Well, pastor, you're getting off into radical stuff. No, I'm just telling you to live by those few verses that Jesus said. Can you take Jesus? Not just me, but can you take Jesus at his word? Stand to your feet with me this morning. Last week I gave it to you, the three calls of God. The first phase of the call is God calls us to repentance, to repent of our sin. One of the main things that we never repent of is unbelief. Speaking contrary, words we speak. Just speak the word only. Because why? Watch, here's Jesus. Jairus is such a good example. Jairus comes and said, Master of the synagogue, Lord, if you will come and lay your hands on my daughter, she will live. She's at the point of death. But if you will, so he has faith rising up inside of him. If I can get to Jesus, if I can ask him, if he says he'll come, I believe my daughter will live and not die. He gets to Jesus. Jesus says, yes. On the way, he runs into a woman who had just been walking by faith, saying, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. If I can touch him, I'll be made whole. She said and kept saying, if I touch him, I will be made whole. If I touch him, I'll be made whole. I don't care if I have to put my life get rid. I don't care if, if I'm unclean. I don't care if I cause anybody else to come out. I don't care if I touch anybody else. I don't care if anybody discovers me. I'm going to touch him. If I can touch him, I'll be made whole. And she touches him and boom. Jesus stops and says, power has gone out of me. Somebody drew power out of me. And so Jairus is going, woman, you're messing up my answer. And so he deals all that, gets interrupted. And then, right after that, they start heading to Jairus' house, and the report comes. Don't bother the master any longer. Your daughter's dead. And as soon as Jesus heard the report he turned to Jairus and said keep believing don't believe that believe what I keep believing and he held on and when they got to the house what did he get he got his daughter restored amen and so what I'm saying is that you you get those moments of faith where you're believing God you're declaring God but then all of a sudden another report comes and God will always say to you keep believing keep believing 
If you're ready to make a declaration today, it doesn't matter what area it is. It doesn't matter whether it's over healing, over finances, over relationship, anything on our wall, whatever it is. If you're tired of being caught between two minds, of knowing that you're in Christ, but fighting this battle over here and surrender. If you're ready today to kick the devil in the teeth and to put unbelief under your feet, move to this altar right now in Jesus' name.